Randy Quaid. I fucking hate the new Captain America. 50 Randy Quaid. I got some things to say about this movie. 50 Randy Quaid. A good Midwestern accent. We watch movies so you don't have to. Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. I am the fucking best host in the Midwest. I am a lot of other things. Mostly humble. Yeah, that's where you should definitely have started was with humble. (laughs) And with me, my co-host as always jt l flips money <laughs> and we have a returning guest host who's pretty much been a co-host this season johnny better not find any anchovies on my pizza spade and this is episode 126 teenage mutant ninja turtles that's my pick you're welcome yeah heroes in a half shell turtle power Quaid power in this instance. The power yes, of the, th- yes. the three Quaids combined. That being the three hosts. Well, we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquades.com and let us know what the fuck is up. And uh, can you give me some of these uh, taglines? Can, can I please give you the first one? My favorite one that I see right off the bat. And I... Now, why don't you skip? Because we already kind of said that one. Which one? Oh, I wasn't going to say that one. It's the next one. Lean green and on the screen. First of all, they're not lean. These turtles are thick with two C's, baby. Like, I want to grab them butt cheeks. Dude, they were ripped. They were t- ripped. All right. I'm just going to before we get any further, and I know it's been said a million times. Muscles on muscles. The costume work, like the work that the Jim Henson workshop did on those costumes, and the work that the people inside of those costumes did, they were thick as hell, but they were moving like gymnasts. It was wild. It was real good. How about that uh, third one? Uh, they're they're mean, green, and on the screen. So now they're they're mean. <laughs> yeah, it's basically the same. But they're not really mean either, though. Like, so they were wrong about lean. Chuck. That's why they failed. They had so many of these because they didn't know which one was right, and none of them were right. Mean. They weren't mean. They're pretty chill motherfuckers. Now Shredder. That's a jerk. Right? Like, that dude's... Well, he was super lean. He was real lean and mean. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're talking about. The first descriptor is for Shredder. Well, the, well, here's the the other one. Lean, mean, and on the screen everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's the when the global release <laughs> came out. Uh, this ain't no cartoon. And then the variation, and... hey, dude, this is no cartoon. <laughs> Those are all garbage. Uh, that's why the only one you remember is Heroes on a Half Shell, Turtle Power. Because that's also from the cartoon. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. And here is the trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Our family grows. The city itself will be our playground to use as we please. Rewarding ourselves and punishing our enemies. We've been looking for you, Miss O'Neill. There is a new enemy, freaks of nature. Together, we will punish these creatures. What the heck was that? Looked like sort of a big title in a trench coat. (laughs) 
Again, bada bing, bada boom. Give me some of the gabagoo. <laughs> and I just gotta, I want to let you guys know, you know, that I am a very humble host, right? So I just want to let you know that if you're new to the show, we're going to talk about everything. Or at least we mean to. So we're also, I mean, like, I'm super humble, so I'm also going to give you this warning. We're going to give you like this three-second warning, right? And we're going to count it down from three. We're going to count it down from three. And then after that, like, fucking all bets are off, dude. Like, spoilers abound. All right. Three, two, one. Three turtles and a fucking rat get some chemical goo spilled on them. They grow. Did you say three turtles? I meant four turtles. I watched this movie. I, believe me, I swear to God, I can name all. Isn't this your? I pick? can name all four of them right now too. Three toads? Isn't that Battle Toads? Oh Sam? my God, Battle Toads! <laughs> all right, so here's the thing about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I don't need to spoil this for you. It's like other movies we've covered in the past. They are fucking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles who fight this dude who Shredder, who is Shredder. He has face shredded by a rat named Splinter. And then they face off on a rooftop and Shredder gets crushed in a garbage truck, which is super weird. Well, there's like two people who are potentially murdered in this movie and both by Casey Jones. Casey Jones is a fucking madman who is definitely a criminal and should probably be in jail. <laughs> oh, there's another thing that I like to say is, you know how at the very end of the movie when the police chief is questioning this like group of like... I don't know, like teenagers, hoodlums, 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 hoodlums. hoodlums. Teen, hoodlums. <laughs> teen hoodlums, right? And and like the lead teen hoodlum, he's like, he's like, what's going on? What? Tell me anything. Tell me everything. And the kid's like, hey, why don't you just go to this address? And he says an address. To and the kids' warehouse. The cops all. Yeah, it's it's the Foot Clan the like house. headquarters. Well, yeah, it's like where they got a skating rink and they got an arcade and they got pool tables and cigarettes galore. Yeah. In a dojo. So, like, all the evidence, right? And instead of, like, being like, how do you know this? Or, you know, like, more questions. He just looks at this other cop after, like, two seconds and he's like, let's go. Well, okay, they're just trying to wrap up a kid's movie. Don't get too worked up in actual police procedure. I get it, but this is, like, supposed to be some crazy fucking gang, okay, well, right? Let's, that let's, let's examine this fucking police chief's attitude and actions throughout the entire movie he's a total fucking dickhead and an idiot to begin with so this is right in line with how he's been the whole time i'm surprised he wasn't yelling even once he got the address well i mean okay so there's a lot of adventure in this movie and that's because it is an adventure action comedy right there's a lot of that all throughout this movie 
action, adventure, and comedy. Would you agree? I would, but because of the rating PG, we also get a little bit of sexuality, plenty of violence, some profanity, and I counted off the profanity. The damn? I heard damn a couple Four times. dams and one damn it. That's all the cursing in this movie. And that's some alcohol, drugs, and smoking. Yeah, like an eight-year-old smoking a cigar. That was <laughs> like, the funniest shit. How do they do that? That was the funniest shit. He's sitting there playing pool, just chomping down on this thick old cigar like he's Tony Soprano. Dude, that was fucking hilarious. That's like one of the first shots of the movie. Like, after the yeah. whole crime wave, there's just this kid smoking a cigar like a Marx brother. Uh, yeah, he's smoking it. It's lit. There's <laughs> smoke coming out of his mouth. So I think the answer to that question... Uh, Johnny's made is he was smoking a cigar as an eight year old. I think I think the answer to this question was uh, it was March thirtieth, nineteen ninety. <laughs> right, like this was a long time ago. I, it wasn't long enough ago that they didn't know kids shouldn't be smoking. Uh, it was long enough to go where they didn't care, <laughs> or that wasn't a kid at all. He just looked like a kid. Yeah, he had that Robin Williams disease. <laughs> Yes, yes, Jack. the Robin Williams Dude. disease. It's just like Lou Gehrig's. Like, guys, parents were probably fine with it. Like, yeah, this is going to launch your acting career, and this is probably the only thing he ever did. Yeah, he just got really addicted to smoking cigars. When they sat him down for the interview, like, before he went and did the uh, the audition for it, he just sat his down in his bedroom, like, you're going to learn how to smoke a cigar like a fucking professional. And he had to go through, like, <laughs> ten packs of Swisher Sweet. Like, or no, no, Philly Blunts, those fucking thick old, big old ones. He was puking. It just, oh my God, his parents were like, keep smoking. You got to do it without your hands, playing pool at the same time. They started throwing that around pack like five or six once he'd gotten the- he's like He's like, I just want to go ride my bike. He's like, did you smoke a pack of Phillies yet? <laughs> Take one with you. Smoke it while you're riding your bike. Actually, actually, yeah. Go go ride your bike. You need to work on your cardio so you can keep smoking. Well, this debuted on that date in 1990 at number one for 25.3 mil. Yeah, getting almost twice as much as its fucking budget back. Ninja Turtles were so... They're such a hot property at this point. Like, that's obviously no surprise. The cartoon had already been killing it for years at this point. Man, I'm surprised that they didn't have to throw a lot of money at this movie like only 13 and a half million dollars it's not a gigantic cast and there's not really any big names in it yeah i guess well i mean Corey feldman i don't even know if by 1990 he'd be considered a big name anymore yeah he had a pretty quick rise throughout the 80s and then a very quick fall for the rest of his career for various reasons but yeah there's not really any gigantic names attached to it so i'm not super surprised I'd imagine a lot of that budget went to those fucking suits that the Turtles were wearing. Probably right there. But what's crazy about this is the top five uh, movies that weekend, right? Is number two, Pretty Woman, 12.4 million. So that's already a drastic drop. That's in its sec- that's in its second week. I'd be interested to see what kind of money it did in its first week. I'm just saying, I mean, like Ninja Turtles killed it this like opening weekend because i mean it's already dominating just the number two movie right and then the number three movie but nothing else that's come out throughout this rest of this top five is anything like the ninja turtles like this is the only kids movie as far as i can, can tell yeah i i get it but like it's just interesting that it just dominates like although red october is in its fifth week it's still getting six and a half million but that's still half of what number two was so far the top three are all classic movies held in high esteem and then number four this is what astonished me right 
is Driving Miss Daisy in its 16th week. Damn. Is still pulling $5.1 million. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. And then number five, Opportunity Knocks, a brand new movie at $3.5 million. I have no idea what it is. Never even heard of it. Like, I love it. Well, this movie made a lot of money. A shitload of money. $188.4 million worldwide total profit. That's stupid fucking cash, right? Because, I mean, like, just here, United States, $135.2 million. Already, that's so much money. And then when you add in all the money from all the foreign lands, dude, Six six like sixty six point seven million dollars, dude. All I know is this: I didn't go to the movies a lot as a kid. Like it's just something my parents didn't want to spend money on. Like we're not going to go to the theater, but this is a movie I saw in theaters and had it on VHS. Like I was just I was a turtle mark big time. So like oh, I loved turtles too. Obviously, oh, you spade. Obviously, as a five year old when this movie came out, like I'm not worried about what kind of money it's making. So that was not a factor to me. I just fucking love this movie. So I literally wore the VHS out. Like I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I definitely had the movie. I know that much. So this movie was written by Todd W. Langen and Bobby Herbeck. Did you call him Herbeck? Herbeck. 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 What would you call it? Herb Herbeck? Yes. Herbeck. 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 Or Herbeck. 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 Oh, what about Herbeck? With a silent H. Herbeck. Herbeck, eh? It's Bobby Herbeck, eh? Well, this movie was also directed by Steve Barron. Was that how you say that? Yeah, he's a baron amongst men. <laughs> yep. So I think Johnny Spade has a little bit of information about Judith Judith Hogg Hogg Judith Judith Hogg who plays April the Hogg. It's not Hag. It's Hogg Hogg Hogg. What about how she wasn't in the second one? Yeah, yeah. I guess she wasn't asked to be in the second one because she complained, I think, to the producers that the first movie was too violent. And I guess they were doing like six days a week shoots, and she didn't like doing that. She complained about that, so they never asked her to come back. Interesting. Now, do you have any similar information on why Elias Coteus didn't return as Casey Jones? That I could not find. Do you have any information on why April was wearing a super bright yellow raincoat when it wasn't raining? Well, that's pretty easy. I feel... I think it was just like a throwback to the cartoon and probably the comics. That's obviously what I thought, too. I just thought it looked Simple explanation. It was clearly wet outside, so it had been raining earlier, and maybe it was the coat that she wore, but it was still cool enough outside. She wanted to wear a coat, and that was her only option. So that's why she was wearing one. I also like the uh, Volkswagen van later on to be a little Easter egg for the turtles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, so how about you give us some more of these... uh... These main actors and stars, JT Money. What, Josh Pais is Raphael, who killed it, and Passenger in Cab. What Passenger in Cab? So, you know when Raphael, like, does a, like, a flip over that cab? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I even, like, pointed that out to Spade. I was like, dude, check it out. That's the guy who voices Raphael. I didn't know that until now. Yeah, then it even comes up in the credits. It says, like, guy in taxi cab has got his name, and then it says Raphael. Okay. All name. right. Then we got Brian Tochi as Leonardo. Corey Feldman as Donatello. Robbie Rist as Michelangelo. 
Kevin Clash is Splinter. That's not a real name. James Saito. <laughs> That's what IMDb has. I'm sure it does. And it probably isn't. It might just be what he's registered at the Screen Actors Guild with. Or honestly, I've seen enough ridiculous names in my actual line of work that that's probably a very very real name it's not even that weird really <laughs> other thing i saw about the puppeteer for splinter is the same guy that does elmo and sesame i Street. guess yeah i should i should really? point out that when i'm saying who's playing the turtles and splinter it's the voices the not voice. the people puppeteering or in the suits you're right so yeah, good good call on that. But I didn't know that. Not surprising though, because yeah, I saw it when I was looking up why Casey Jones wasn't in the second movie. So let's round this out with James Saito as the Shredder, Toshihiro Obato as Tatsu, and Michael Turney as Danny Pennington, one of the worst child actors I have ever seen. Yeah, that guy is awful. I thought it was just me. I was like, dude, I hate this character. Am I supposed to hate him? No, I don't think so. Well, for a lot of the movie, you are, and then he's supposed to redeem himself, but I just don't care about Danny as a character and his rotating wardrobe of Sid Vicious shirts. I, I think I wrote down at one point, I was like, does he change? He's got like three Sid Vicious shirts that he rotates, so sometimes. All right, now we're going to get to the IMDb breakdown for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they emerge from the shadows to protect New York City from a gang of criminal ninjas. The Foot. What kind of name is that? The Foot, like... I don't know, some sort of virus? I don't know, but how are, like, the guys that were writing the comics, like, the Foot Clan? They call them the Foot Clan. I don't think they call them the Foot Clan in the movie. I think they're just referred to as the Foot. The Foot, yeah. In the movie, at least. Well, I'm calling them the Foot Clan. You can call them what you want. You want to add an extra word and say more things? That's fine. That's up to you. <laughs> say more things? Yeah. I like to hear myself talk. So, so, we open up on this movie, and it's just this gigantic crime spree, basically. They're breaking down for us. Oh, I thought you were going to say that there was just a giant shot of the Twin Towers, because that's the first thing I noticed. Well, I mean, there was a shot of a whole bunch of buildings in New York City. Is the skyline, like... I yes, know. yes, the Twin Towers were there. It was 1990. It's not a remarkable thing that they were there then. I know. It was just like, it just brings me back. Well, they like focus a lot on Bleecker Street. That's like where April O'Neil's work is. And I think that's where like Doctor Strange is in the Marvel Universe. Oh, really? The, uh, what is that? Those places they call where they have them like four of them. I got to look it up. Now. I'm not sure. Yeah, it is Bleecker Street. Bleecker Street. Well, during this whole crime wave that they're setting up, like, we don't hear the name Foot Clan yet, but we see a bunch of fucking quick as ninja-like thieves stealing shit out of trucks and stuff. Passing a wallet on like five fucking times. Too many, too many times. Like, why did they have to hand that wallet off so many times? There's probably like... Oh, for Shredder to just grab it from Danny. There's probably, what, 23 bucks in there and a credit card? Maybe. 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 But no, they steal. So there's this old lady sitting out like on the little like balcony... It's hot as fuck outside, and she's watching this little tiny old beat up portable TV with the I Love New York. And they steal that. And she turns her back or looks in her window to grab something from inside the kitchen, and that little tiny TV gets stolen. I'm like, dude, that is. What are you going to get for that TV? What is the point of climbing up a few stories to steal that old piece of shit? That's just vindictive and cruel and very. That's the kind of kid who turns into a member of the foot. Isn't just a kid there smoking cigars and having a good time. Anyway, they should, they should call them toes if they're members of the foot. Like you're a toe. Wow, 
And you well, like you work your way up, like you start off as the pinky toe, <laughs> and you gotta work your way up to the big toe. So is Shredder, is Shredder the big toe? <laughs> no, I don't know. Or is Tatsu the big toe? That's what I was, maybe Tatsu. Tatsu's the big, the big toe. toe. Shredder is the whole foot. He embodies everything <laughs> and everyone. He's the person that the foot's attached to. So this is when we see April. We get this voiceover from April about this crime wave. And then she's leaving the news studio. And we see her in... In said yellow jacket. Yeah, we see her in the yellow jacket. And just this gang of people outside stealing a whole bunch of fucking electronics and shit. And then they're all like, wrong timing. Or bad timing or something. You're telling me. You're telling and they're me. Like, they're like, get her purse. Knock her out. And then the turtles well, save the side comes flying through the air and knocks the bulb out. And then we hear a whole bunch of like ninja noises in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Radical, radical, radical. And then these dudes are tied up as the police show up. Quick response from the police. Very, very quick yeah, response. very quick. Not sure how anyone even managed to call that in in time for them to show up for that. Yeah, who did call that in? Security guard. Yeah, security guard. He just looked, peeked, he heard the noise, peeked out the window. He's like, well, nothing I can do. Better call the police. I heard someone say radical. <laughs> Excuse me? What's going on out here in this alley? Oh, someone's beating up a woman? No problem. Oh, wait, radical? Hmm. Better call my boy, boy. <laughs> <laughs> So then we get we we cut down we cut down to like the the title <laughs> they give us the title of the movie in the sewers and before they even show us these turtle suits you see the shadow on the background of the sewers and the t- I'm trying to do it with the laugh track background but it's making but, me laugh too much I can't keep going but before that. Raphael had thrown his thigh at the light bulb oh. and he's staring at the cops arrested these guys and that's where the first profanity is when he says, damn, when she puts the thigh that's in her right. purse. That's right, she grabs this big ass weapon that's as big as her purse and stuffs it in there. That's right, damn. that's right. That is So right off the bat we're getting some cussing. So, okay, alright. But before they reveal the suit, they they like the music hits the da 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 and then it's like, boom, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Then they turn the corner, you see these suits, and it's like, god damn, those still hold up. What is it? Tw- how many? Yeah. 31 years later, those fucking suits still hold up. And the guys that fucking act in them. Yeah, it's a 31 year anniversary. The guys that act in them, fucking, they hold it down too. But yeah. But then Raphael's got to leave. Raphael's oh. got to leave now because he's pissed off. So he puts on his flasher jacket and his big hat and his backpack. And he fucking hits the streets of New York. Yeah, he's in he's incognito now. People can't tell that he's a mutant. No, 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 no. Once you put a flasher's jacket on, you are anonymous. Yeah, what? Wh- he is not fooling anybody. Obviously, he's fooling enough people that no one says anything until Casey Jones doesn't say anything about him looking like a punk freak until his hat comes off. <laughs> um, when they go to that cab. And the guy in the back seat who does the voice for Raphael and he says, what was that? The driver goes, it looked like some sort of big turtle. <laughs> in a trench coat. <laughs> yeah. like you're going to LaGuardia, right? Like, like obviously people can see that this is just a big turtle well, in a trench coat. Well, let's not forget. Let's not forget <laughs> that this is early '90s, like late '80s, when this is maybe taking place in New York City. So there are just these punks running around. Maybe 
these kids these days are just pay- shaving their heads, painting themselves green. They're wearing masks over ugly yeah, faces. Maybe that's just a punk thing now. Like, it's called turtling. Turtling. I love how when Michelangelo orders the pizza, he he ends it with clocks ticking, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he tells them not to put anchovies on the pizza. Like, why tell them not to put something? If you don't want it on the pizza, you just don't say it. I find one anchovy. <laughs> I wish you could hear him ordering the pizza louder. I was trying to listen to the whole thing over the other dialogue going on, but I couldn't make everything out except for pepperoni, sausage, green peppers. And that's then all I caught. Splinter, no splinter was talking and drowned because I was trying to do the same thing. Like, what is this pizza they get? I know it was double cheese. Double cheese. Thick crust. Thick crust. Gotta have that thick crust. And it was Domino's. Domino's. You know they Domino's. live in New York. Yeah. Downtown New York. Yeah, but Domino's is heavily featured in the second one, too. I guarantee you they threw a little cash at the financing of this movie to get their name used in it. And Pepsi. There's McDonald's, Because oh, there's too. Pepsi, Mountain yep. Dew, Burger King. Yep. I saw McDonald's. There was definitely Burger King because Danny sits down with a Whopper. Oh, that was Burger King? He sits down with I a Whopper. I saw McDonald's. Yeah, it was, there was a lot of product placement. That's how you find... Fuck it, dude. I don't, who gives a shit? Market the kids. No, it's just fun pointing it out. No, no, no. I'm just... You ever watch stuff on like HBO Max now and they call out like at the beginning product placement and I never even catch it? I'm like, why are you telling me there's product placement? Why do I oh, care? Oh, they point that because out? Because it's a sales tactic. Huh? I didn't know that they pointed. I guess I haven't watched enough HBO Max. Sometimes, like when they'll, like when it'll say like profanity or something, it'll say product placement. I expect there to be product placement. Well, here's my thing about product placement: is it's real life is full of product placement. You go to someone's house and they've got name brand things in their home. So why would yeah. I expect to see name brand things on a show? It's real life too. Like I don't. I guess I don't care that much about product placement it, i it, the, i don't care about it either i think it's just interesting sometimes to see which companies want out on that oh no, i agree with you i definitely noticed that too i've seen a lot i've been watching a lot of movies from like the mid 80s to early 90s recently and burger king comes up all the time they must have been going hard at this point in in the, in the theaters well i think they were trying to catch up to mcdonald's well they still are well yeah i'm just saying like they were trying back then now they just got the king and they have him flash and cash have you noticed all this stuff in big bang theory like all the like name brand shit that they end up like taping over like yeah. one little letter like there's always like vitamin water or i always see stuff taped like taped over like they have so many name brand shit in that fucking show. Fiji water, all those other fucking waters. So after after fucking Raph gets back to the sewers, Splinter sits him down and he's all like, Hey, I need to talk to you. Father to son. You don't forget about your brothers and you don't forget about me. Cause one day I'm gonna be dead. And Raph's <laughs> like, Can I go to bed? Basically this movie's like, Hey, heads up, just so you know as an audience too, like Splinter's going to die at some point in the future. You might be involved in that happening. Maybe not, though. But just, you know, be prepared. It it will happen eventually. We got to go back, though, to where he fights Casey Jones. Oh, yeah. And he's like, Jose Canseco bat? He's like, tell me you didn't pay money for this. <laughs> and then, like, he pulls out the cricket bat. And it's like, you got to know what a crumpet is to understand cricket. 
And then he knows he's winding up to hit him with this fucking cricket bat, but he still knocks the shit out of him with it. <laughs> and then when he lands in the garbage. My favorite part is is that when he makes that crack about not paying for the bat because there's a Jose Canseco bat, that really pisses Casey Jones off. Like, that really gets him fired up. He's like, are you going to make a crack? I don't even bat? understand it. Like, What do you mean? The Jose Canseco bat. Like, oh, it was just, bra- I guarantee you it had his signature, like, branded into the wood of the bat. He was just endorsing it, basically. It was probably, like, his weight and length and, like, what he uses at the plate, too. Just basically, they just wanted to use Jose Canseco's name because he was super famous at this time, I guess. No. I don't know. Fuck Jose Canseco. I don't know baseball, so this movie would be the only reason I know that name. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, Raph gets his ass whooped by Casey Jones. And then he gets called a freak, and then Raph freaks out and starts chasing him, and then he does that flip over that cab and all that shit I was talking about earlier happened. Well, then he yells, Damn! Over the entirety of New York City. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that was great. Dude, there's so many just classic moments in this movie. What are we, like, ten minutes into the movie, maybe, at this point? He has said damn three times already. Because he says it once more. That's that's the majority of your dams already. It is. No, they get it out of the way real quick. I don't remember who says the fourth damn, but the one who says damn it is Charles. And we meet Charles when he comes, and that's April's boss, when he like stops by her place with Danny in the morning before work. And like, I don't know what's going on, but Danny steals money from her. Yeah, are they like banging or something? No, Charles is just a weirdo. Charles is a weird dude. But this is where Danny steals 20 from April. He's like, we see like this dude's, Danny's not a great kid. We knew that already, but now he's stealing from April O'Neil. I was like, you son of a bitch, how dare you? Why are you just going to steal $20 from somebody? I don't get it. Yeah. $20 in 1990 is probably closer to like, what, $80 today? I don't know. I'm purely guessing there. Splinter also said to Raphael that he's tried to channel his anger, but he still has more. What is Raphael angry about? He's a teenager. He's angry about everything. Yeah, he's just that kind of kid. The other ones aren't, though. No. They're oh, just... yeah, I guess I could see it. Michelangelo and Donatella are just like, go eat. Let's fucking party. Yeah, let's eat some pork rinds. While <laughs> let's let's just go out. eat and watch these guys fight. Pork rind? <laughs> pork rind. It's $40.25 today, so a little more than doubled. That's crazy. All right, yeah, so not too bad. Well, so April ends up going back to work after her weird boss shows up with his kid for some reason, just complaining about stuff. And she talks about the foot right up there on the on the fucking tv and she's pissing off the police chief and then danny gets arrested and then yeah because he was stealing some car stereos that's right because he's like 12 and needs car stereos and then Raphael's dipped out again he's like i need more alone time he's gonna stalk april real quick because i gotta get my side back so he follows her down into the subway but we don't see him quite yet until she gets confronted by a gang of foot who are in full-on foot regalia masks and everything although i guess if you can get by with a turtle in a trench coat it's cool if a dude's just wearing a ninja mask well i mean they're ninjas they shouldn't be getting seen then if they're ninjas they shouldn't be see i i feel like that makes way more sense than a full turtle like a full like six foot tall turtle wearing just like a jacket and being like, no, man, I'm all of a sudden incognito. But what you're going to assume is that it's just a dude in a turtle suit. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be like, that's an actual six-foot turtle. Well, yeah, I would definitely not assume. I would just definitely assume there's a guy in a turtle suit. But I would be like, why is this guy wearing a turtle suit? I would probably want to ask him why. I don't think you would just ask a dude in a turtle suit in the streets of New York City 
why he was in a turtle suit. I guarantee you wouldn't do that. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> You're right. I wouldn't. It's none of my business why this dude wants to be dressed up like a turtle and put on his flasher jacket. Like, that's his... Yeah, I guess that's true, too. It's none of my damn business. Between him and his fantasies, dreams, hopes, aspirations. If they lived in Hollywood, they could probably walk around openly as turtles because people would just think they're in costume. If he just went to Times Square, he could walk around openly as a turtle. Well, I don't know about back in 1990, but nowadays at least. In 1990, they'd be like, oh my god, it's one of them Ninja Turtles. Kill it. Get it to Master Shredder. Well, so she tries to beat up this gang of ninjas with her purse, which seems like a good idea. After she fails pulling the sigh out, and they just knock it out of her hand. Like, that's not going to be something an amateur is going to be able to use. It was longer than her arm to begin with, so how is she going to be able to, like, wield it? And it wasn't even sharp. I don't think it's supposed to be... I, mean, I guess I don't know that much about size. Are they supposed to be, like, super sharp? I have no yeah, idea what, either. I was just thinking, I want to see, you like, sp- one actually be used, because you have to get super in super close to use that like yeah do you just like do you have to like stab them well plus as far as the complaints about the weapons because leonardo's got what is definitely supposed to be sharp weapons but except for he does next to nothing with them i think at one point he swipes at a guy's legs and just trips yeah that's the one thing i was going to point out that was like that maybe he could have cut a guy with the swords but they didn't play it that way if he did yeah I was like, what's the point of having swords if you're not using them? They might as well be kendo sticks. Because it looks fucking cool, and they each need to have their own distinct weapon, which makes, you know, their individual personalities. Like, I get why they do it. And, again, it's a kid's movie. If this were geared towards adults, sure, you're going to have to go hard and show me some sword violence. But in a kid's movie, I can get by with him mostly kicking people. I liked it when Michelangelo was all like, ah, a fellow chucker. So I like in the second one at the beginning when they're like in that food court and he fucking pulls out the sausages. So Raph, after Raph beats up the whole Foot Clan, he comes out and he's like, April can't stop these dudes. I'm going to beat them all up in a rage and I'm going to sneak her back down the sewer to chill in our sewer pad on our, on our dirty, dirty sewer couch. But he is followed. It was like tilting the wrong way too if you're going to. I think if you were going to put somebody that was fainted on there, why are you going to have your their feet elevated? Yeah, that's very... So the blood drips from their feet down to their head. <laughs> Still don't think you want that in any case. I don't think so either. I don't know anything about it. Google it. But yeah, then she wakes up and she thinks she's dreaming. She and, starts screaming and then they all start screaming. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's like, hi. And then they start screaming all and then... Splinter's all like, hey, you're not dreaming. Why don't you sit down, April O'Neil? And I'm going to give you this rundown of who the fuck we are. Yeah, here's a little exposition for you, audience, so you know who everyone is and how we got here. And then we just get this this sweet fucking rundown of how the Ninja Turtles got to where they are today. Again, the fucking puppetry work on the little tiny turtles and little Splinter from back in the day is so good. Amazing. I never noticed how big like Jim Henson stuff was like, I didn't know that he did all this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff. And then recently, like a couple of days ago, I started watching dinosaurs just cause I did. And Jim Henson was all over that. Like if there was puppetry work being done from like the seventies through whatever point in the nineties, it was probably Henson involved in it exclusively. Like he was just so good at him. The whole workshop was just so good at it. Crazy. Like, one man has, like, his fucking stamp on this whole 
art, I guess you could call For it. For sure. Oh, yeah. Puppetry is definitely... That goes back centuries, too. Puppetry. Yeah, it's definitely an art. I can't fucking do that shit. I was looking... I saw this diagram the other day of... I mean, you know the iconic um, Kermit the Frog where he's singing with the banjo and he's sitting on a log in the water. And the way they shot that, like, they had a dude in a tank of water with like it was a very complicated scene and all that to get a shot of a puppet frog singing on a log i feel like that was way off course we run way off course this whole episode so it's okay so after they give april the rundown and this like foot clan guy i'm pretty sure it's danny just in a foot clan suit no he doesn't he hasn't graduated a foot clan suit status yet uh so it's just some foot clan guy had knows where they're at right and he's watching them talk to o'neill through this hole in the wall or whatever and then he runs back to shredder to let him know what's up and april's all like well thanks for taking me home i'd invite you guys up but all i have is some frozen pizza and then like fucking michelangelo like like darts up and he's like pizza we're in and then everybody's just like she say pizza pizza yeah pizza like they're so excited over pizza i love well, there's it like this- and then they leave and she she was like, oh, I see you guys again. They're like, depends on how quickly you keep your pizza stock. <laughs> they live for pizza. That's their number one motivation, really. Yeah, they're like, Splinter she's like, you guys eat pizza? pizza? And they're like, stink bug flies and stink bugs. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, what? And, and dude's all like, nah, man, I'm totally joking. <laughs> you know, normal stuff. Well, while they're gone, chilling with April, who gets April gets accustomed to hanging out with four mutant turtles very quickly. Like immediately, is just comfortable with these dudes. Like that's cool. I like hanging out with teenagers who are gigantic turtle freaks. It's cool. Yeah, they go home because it's been a long night of whatever they've been doing. When they get home, Eating pizza. That is a whole bunch. I wonder how many pizzas she had. Probably like two. Doesn't seem like a, more than enough. Like. Probably one pizza piece could barely satiate those turtles. Oh, they learned to I'm eat a, less I'm, pizza. I'm imagining like little Jack's pizzas. Yeah, because I gotta have a high metabolism. Because one, they're fucking mutant turtles, and they're fucking doing ninjutsu <laughs> constantly, training and fighting. Look, well, it's realistically in the, in this world that when they went out that night and saved April, that was their first night out on the town. As yeah, that's what they said. As full fledged ninja warriors. Yeah. Because he told Splinter we had our first battle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe not their first night on patrol, but their first night of action. Well, they did pretty well for their first night. Until they get back to the sewers and find out that it's fucking trashed and Splinter's missing. Well, they do this awesome shot where the camera gets all shaky and like spins around Raphael's head while he's yelling. Like, no! It's, it was really cool. They do a lot of really interesting stuff with the cinematography and the direction in this movie that I never really paid attention to before. Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. I found the music was like all over the place too. Not in a bad way, but... I, I had the soundtrack for this movie when I was a kid, and even that was all over the place. But you're right, like the score and the soundtrack combined in this movie are just... I don't think it's bad, but it's weird. Yeah. I love that song in the credits because i wanted to get up and go outside and have a cigarette and i waited until that song was are done. you talking about the song turtle power by partners yes. by partners in awesome. partners in crime k-r-y-m-e love that song it tells the story so well when you sit there and listen to the fucking lyrics 
He talks about they like cheese and pepperoni. There's something else he said in there. Oh, uh, like Dude, evil is so many good. Evil things. is fast, but good is faster than light. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So after the sewer scene, we go to that's when you guys mentioned the little kid smoking a cigar and kids gambling and well, I'm pretty sure smoking cigarettes. I'm pretty sure that was earlier than this because now was not. I'm pretty sure it was wasn't it like the first time we go to that warehouse like right in the beginning of the movie? No, this is right now. Because I've got here... I have us written in, in order. I don't know. The next thing I have is when Charles shows up again at April's house. No, because this is them going to... Um, I don't know. I'm, I might have skipped Oh, that, no, no, no. No we, yeah, no, we skipped him showing up again because Danny had been arrested. And the whole, like, the turtles are sleeping there because they came back after Splinter got abducted. And they got to keep hiding from Danny and from Charles. But this is where Danny gets a peek at a turtle. And that comes into play later because he's the one who rats the turtles out. But this is where he finds out about them for the first time. Okay, so yeah, this is this scene that you're talking about actually comes right before what I was about to say. And that, exactly the kid smoking the cigar. No, you're right because I, you know, I check my notes. The gambling and the cigarettes, and then there's like that gong sound, and everybody just pretty much drops what they're doing, and they go to this main like hall fucking thing and then we get the official introduction of the movie's villain the shredder well there's these awesome pounding drums and this like thick ass guitar riff going on and it's like okay this dude's bad and then tatsu rolls his cape back and he's got these wicked blades on his shoulders and it's like yeah that's the shredder i'm talking about they made him look just like the cartoon it was except translated to real life in a like, this movie isn't, like, overly bright and cheery in any way at all. Like, it's a pretty dark movie. A lot of it takes place at night, obviously. Like, it feels like the second one feels a lot more brightly lit when they move into, like, that train car and there's a lot of electricity and shit. Whereas this movie, they're, like, in a dim cavern, basically, in the sewer. Yeah, but that doesn't necessarily convert to a dark movie that's why for that's me. That's not what I said, and I was trying to avoid saying that specifically because I don't think this is a dark movie, but the the look of it is significantly more dark than the second one. And I think that plays out in this shredder because the comic relief that comes even from like um, Toka and Rezar in the next one is way more slapstick and ridiculous than anything that happens in this movie. Yeah. This, this yeah. movie does and have a dark another tone. thing. Like if this movie didn't get a sequel, then we could just presume that Casey Jones is a murderer. But, uh, to, ta- to Tatsu and uh, Shredder are back in the second movie. He'd still be charged for attempted murder either way. He tried to crush a dude's fucking body in a garbage truck, man. That's fucked up. And he, like, he teed off a dude's face. That, I don't know if they would charge as attempted murder, but certainly aggravated assault and probably many other things. I, I, Battery. I would not worry too much about the legate. I don't think Tatsu's going to go to the police and file charges. But after we get this official introduction of Shredder, I noted that Raphael is very bad at, quote, staying invisible. Yeah. Just because, like, earlier in the movie, what? Like, we've already touched upon how apparently a jacket just makes you invisible, right? But then he goes up on the roof, like, without a jacket. 
and so it's just walking around as him. But see, you're but you're skipping over again, Danny. Totally ratting out the turtles to Shredder there. At when Shredder introduces himself, because like, we got these fucking mutant freaks out there fucking our shit up. We need any info we can have on them. And that's when Danny raises his hand. He's like, "Master," and you know that he's going to drop the dime on the turtle he saw at April's earlier. And that's how Shredder finds out what's up with the turtles for real and can go after them. He's got their master at this point, and now he knows where they're staying at. Yeah, I guess that's. That's true, because that's how that they're able to sneak up on Raphael when he's up on the roof. Well, even before he goes up on the roof, you got April talking about the foot on the news again. And the police chief apparently like cut a deal with Charles earlier when he let his kid out of jail. And it was supposed to include April shutting the fuck up about the foot and criticizing the police chief. And that's when she gets fired because of this newscast. But we find out about that later. And she thanks Raphael by name on that fucking thing. But Raphael's still pissed off. And that's when he goes to the roof. And then there's just a fucking epic brawl. There's pretty much a lot of pretty good epic brawls in this movie. This is the best one, in my opinion. But there are a ton of them. And throughout this uh, brawl, April, we find out that April also has an antique shop. So that's kind of ridiculous. And Well, what does she say? Like it was her father's or something and he left it to her. In his will. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she even makes it, it like, she she's it like, yeah, it's a sentimental thing. Well, she, yeah, she keeps it open and loses money on it. I'm like, okay. Yeah, and she's like, I only do it part-time. Well, she's got this country farm that they go to later, too. I'm like, how much fucking money did April's family have? That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, man, that must be a lot of money to to live like this. Well, this whole fight ensues, and Casey... Oh, well, yeah, Kay- and this place burns to the well, ground. Well, Casey Jones had spotted it from a few rooftops over with his fucking binoculars. He saw Raphael... Trying to pick up the cricket game on the radio. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he sees Raphael without his coat on, and he's like, I know that motherfucker. I just had a fight with him the other night. I gotta go see what's up. So ju- he just so happens to show up like right before the place starts burning down and joins the fight. Well, he's the one who hears the phone call from Charles firing April, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he drops that time later. But they all do escape via a secret hidden hatch in the back. And then Tatsu and the clan hear fucking sirens. So they go, Ninja Vanish. And they disappear. So then we got Shredder talking to Splinter now. And he's like, how the fuck do these turtles know how to fight like that? Like, what's going on? And Splinter's just like, fuck you, dude. I ain't got nothing to say to you. And then Danny meets Splinter. And you can see he's starting to think, maybe I'm on the wrong side of this thing. Because this weird-ass looking rat's making a lot of sense to me. And then that's where they all go to April's farmhouse, like you were saying earlier. And I was just, dude, like, crazy. She's gotta be super wealthy i don't know about super wealthy but her family definitely had something going on i don't know man it just felt weird that she just happened to have all these things around it's very coincidental again i'm not thinking too hard about it but i thought enough about it i'm thinking real hard (laughs) well there's another voiceover from her talking about how everyone's doing and getting along while Raphael is still unconscious from his beating that he got they just keeping him soaked in the tub. And then that's where you get the infamous Broadzilla line from Casey Jones. Yeah, very infamous. And then Raph wakes up and like they start training again to get back. Yeah, it was a little training montage. 
And during that, Leo has a vision of Splinter. And then he's all like, dudes, Splinter's alive. And they're like, yeah, we all think he's alive too. And he's like, I don't think I know. So then they have a meditation circle around a campfire at night. And a vision of Splinter shows up in the fire. Is like, listen, boys, I love you. I'm your father. You got to work together. You're going to whoop this Shredder dude's butt. Don't worry about it. And Donatello brought marshmallows to the fire, which was very surprising because I would have figured Michelangelo would have brought marshmallows to the fire. That's very true. Donatello's always thinking. Michelangelo's no like, listen, I literally only eat pizza. I don't think you understand. He'd be the one I could see saying that too. I'm a pizza only diet. I don't fuck with sweets. Unless you're putting, He's like, unless you're putting it on the pizza. Right, you can put some pineapple on my pizza. Put some mushroom pineapple, not mushroom. Mushroom pineapple? Marshmallow <laughs> and pineapple on this pizza. Oh, God. I'm picturing a mushroom and pineapple pizza. That'd be weird. With marshmallow. Mushroom, marshmallow, and pineapple. I'd have Ugh. mushroom on like a dessert pizza, you know, get some melted chocolate and shit on there. I don't like mushroom. I like mushroom, but I don't. That's marshmallow. What? Marshmallows? Oh, marshmallows or mushrooms? No, I, I like marshmallows. marshmallows. You said mushrooms. Oh, I did? Yeah. <laughs> that would be gross. Run it back. I'd have mushroom on like a dessert pizza, you know, get some melted chocolate and shit on there. I was going to say chocolate dip, marsh- or chocolate dip no. mushrooms doesn't sound very marshmallows good. Marshmallows on one of those dessert pizzas would be pretty good. Mushrooms I don't really care for. No mushrooms yeah, on my dessert Sometimes I don't. I think I don't mind them, and then I'll eat a couple. I'm like, yeah. I like mushrooms depending on what dish it's incorporated in, but I'm not going to sit and just eat some raw mushrooms. So that's when they go back to the sewers. That's when Danny's like, I gotta go after. So they run into Danny at their house in the sewer, and Danny's like, Don't kill me. I'm just trying to hide. And he's like, I don't want to be part of the Foot Clan. He's like, I don't want to be part of my family. He's like, I just want to hide in the sewer forever. Well, they 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 had brought Casey Jones down there too, so like they're just showing off their fucking pad to Casey Jones as well. And he's like, I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta, I can't stay down in this fucking sewer anymore. And uh, Donatello's like, you're just claustrophobic. And Casey Jones looks at him. And he's like, you want a fist in the mouth? I've never even looked at another guy before. And I was like, "Hold on, wait, what was that? I've never, I've watched this, I've watched this movie many, many times in my life, not so frequently as I've gotten older. Last time was probably a couple years ago. I don't think I've ever caught that line before. I've never caught that, and I've seen this movie probably fifty plus times. Well, he goes to sleep in the truck either way because he's claustrophobic. He rolls down the window. That's true. He does. Yeah, he does roll down yeah. the window because he's. You can see him like he's breathing heavy in the little tight truck cab. Well, now Danny. It's pretty funny. Well, now Danny's like, "Fuck, I can't hang out in the sewer anymore either." Because I'm having these bad dreams about Splinter and Shredder. I got to split. But when he splits, it's a good thing Casey Jones is homophobic in the or something because he spots him leaving and going to the fucking kid funhouse warehouse. <laughs> the fucking kid funhouse. Dude, it is. It's a gigantic like mixture of a kid's arcade and a bar and a skate park. It's true. Skate park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like and a, a gig and like fight club. In a gig in a gig space. Well, it's not even a fight club. There's a legit dojo there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, dojo. There you go. Like they have a legit It's just missing hookers. Like Danny's able to walk in no problem, right? And Casey Jones has to beat up another Foot Clan member 
to in order to get in. Dude, I think he could have just walked in there. Nobody would have noticed they didn't know him. He pretty much did end up just kind of walking around once he like hid from the first guy that walked past him. Like he kind of just wandered for a while. Like, no, nah, it's no problem. Just this old guy. He had long hair. He could blend in, hide his face. You just walk in with a car stereo. Yo, I stole this. Like, I'm part of the foot. <laughs> I'm part, bro. He's like, ah, I just look old for my age. So like, I'm 17. He ends up running into Danny again. And Danny's like, dude, they're going to kill Splinter. So they go to save Splinter. And then Tatsu like, is like, huh, huh. And he's like, all right. And then that's when, what's his face? Casey Jones like grunts back at him and they have a little fight. Tatsu Tatsu's whooping his ass until Casey Jones is like, nah man, I need to use this golf club. Now before that fight had even started, Splinter had interrogated Danny and found this drawing on him that April had made of him while they're out in the country. So Shredder's like, I know the turtles are back now, because how else would Danny have this fucking drawing? Yeah. And he sends And he sent them He sends the Foot Clan out to be like, go get these motherfucking turtles. It's time to kick their asses. Isn't this when Splinter does the reveal of who Shredder is? So then he tell that to Danny. He doesn't reveal that Shredder is a Rokusaki, but he does bring up the story of the guy's face that he clawed. We yeah. don't find out that's well. And then he he also says that he wears his symbol on his yeah, for right. on his brow. All like all right, as an adult, very easy to fucking pick out that's who it was if you didn't know who it was. But like as a five year old. Well, I mean, I guess I knew already anyway. Well, I don't know if I knew. I don't know what I knew as a five-year-old. Let's, let's, let's not. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Let's not even try and fucking go down that road right now. But essentially, but yeah, no, Splint, that's where he does tell Danny that story about like his master and how he got murdered and his wife or his woman got murdered and all that shit. So yeah, we do get that backstory. Uh, Hamato Yoshi. Now in the cartoon and the comics, Splinter is Hamato Yoshi, right? Or am I, I don't remember, honestly. You don't remember? It's been so long since I've watched or read either thing. I'm pretty sure that Splinter was Hamato Yoshi, and he mutated into a rat. That would make more sense. Yeah, I, no I think that's right. The same way that Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, because they, were, they weren't humans first. Nope. They were just animals yeah. that, in the movie at least, no, I don't no, remember. They weren't in the movie. No, that yeah, that's not Bebop. That's Toka and Razor. In the comics, they're... Oh, yeah. They're, I always thought of them as Bebop and Rocksteady oh, been, in, the, in the movie. No, I think Rocksteady and Bebop were human. You're right. They were. They were punks. Yeah. And that's why they're still punks when they turn into animals. You're right. You're right. Just like ba- Dr. Baxter or whatever the fuck. He was a human. They the get fly. turned into a fly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, yeah. The, dude, that cartoon was so badass. I, dude, I th- it's, think there's a bunch of it on... It's probably really hard on, to watch uh, now. No, it's, it's on a bunch of it is on HBO Max. I think I'm going to give it a try. Nice. Well, while Casey Jones is hitting Tatsu in the face with a golf club, the turtles are fighting the foot all the way from under the ground in the sewer up to the rooftops. Well, yeah. At one point, the turtles clearly change the tide and the like. the foot is running from the turtles. And they get like the last four or five or six of them that they're dealing with up to this rooftop. And they dispatch him, and then suddenly Shredder comes floating down from the sky. And is like, it's time to go, bitches. We're going to fight now. And Raph's like, Psh, I got this punk ass. I'll get him. And Shredder does not put up with his bullshit for very long. And they all charge him individually, and they all get their asses whooped very quickly. See, I like this like end of the movie, like this whole end fight sequence, because it's very fucking climactic. 
I really like awesome. it too. And the way they incorporate I, like the Casey Jones aspect of what's going on down on the street with what's going up on the roof too at the same time, they do a really good job of weaving those things together. Because everyone just keeps showing up underneath the roof that they're on. What I thought was really cool was, uh, or really funny, I mean, either way, was when they're up on the roof, right, and they're fighting Shredder, and they're in their, like, little huddle trying to decide what to do. And you can just see Shredder in the background just kind of, like, rocking around. Like, he's just waiting for them to finish huddling. Oh, he's got no doubt in his mind he's going to whoop these teenage bitches. He's beat up way and defeated way worse than these dudes before. Well, he does say a couple of minutes later, just the three of you could have beaten me. He's like, he's like, there's a chance that the three of you, if, like, you know, you guys were able to pull it off, could have defeated me. He's like, now with no weapons, you guys are because well, Leonardo had charged him, and Shredder got him down to the ground and had that spiky little pole he had up to his neck and tells the turtles, throw your shit off the roof, and they listen to him. And that's when he's like, you idiots. You could have sacrificed this one and then beat me, but you decided to be stupid. Now you're all going to die. And while that's going on, real quickly, just below, because it's important, is when Casey Jones introduces the garbage truck into the equation. Because he sees some foot climbing up this ladder on the side of the building to get up there and help Shredder, right? And there just happens to be a garbage truck right down the street that's both doors are open and the keys are in. And he can just go start up and drive over and run into the building. It seemed very convenient. Very convenient. But we need that garbage truck there for later. Because we go back yes. we go back up to the roof and splinter has teleported yeah there. yeah splinter shows up on the, yeah he somehow shows up and floats down from the sky just like shredder did and he's just like hey bro i know who the fuck you are you kill my master i'm here to kill you well shredder confirms it he reveals his face he pulls that mask off he's like see my fucking and then the scars. turtles are all like it's him and i said to spade i'm all like oh they've heard this story many times like they know who the fuck this guy is like they didn't know that he was the shredder but they know who the fuck this guy is and that's why they're just like it's him so shredder charges splinter before he says that he says now i will finish what i began with your ear that's true i I love all these lines they're fucking awesome and that's why i've kind of like not recited too many lines specifically because it'd be the whole movie if i went that route like there's it's just so memorable there's just so many lines that just stick out and that's a classic one because he says it and charges at him like and splinter grabs these nunchucks that happen to be stuck on the fucking ladder and like does a quick ninja move and he's got him hanging over the side he starts talking about shredder's death and whether or not it'll be a noble one and it won't and he drops him and fucking he lands in the garbage can to where casey jones goes oops (laughs) yeah and then crushes the shredder to where we're presuming that he's oh we are certainly made to believe that shredder is dead here because the helmet gets crushed his head yes it's in a metal can already and he gets crushed in a garbage truck. Yeah, he's dead. So Tatsu and Shredder murdered by we don't, Casey Jones. We don't know that Tatsu's dead. No, but it, that's way. That's, I would like to think that, that he died. That's, that's, a, that's a way bigger presumption than being crushed by a no. garbage truck. I mean, if he got hit a, in the yeah, face by a golf club. If it wasn't a movie, if you got hit like that with a fucking golf club, you're fucked up. I'm not saying that he might not like have had his jaw completely like ripped off of his face depending on the angle or smashed into pieces 
by that when it catches him under the chin, but I don't Ugh. think it would kill him. Could it? It's possible. Of course it could. A punch to the face can kill you, but I don't think it would necessarily... I'd say the odds are it wouldn't. He'd just be fucked up forever. Statsu, he's got a strong he's got a strong face and a strong head. It's years of abuse. Maybe that's why Casey Jones isn't in the second movie. He's in prison. No, because he's in the third one. Oh, he gets out of prison. Yeah, sorry, he escapes. <laughs> well, they, never, they never show him get arrested, though. He makes out with uh, April O'Neil for a real quick second. I guess he could get arrested after that. I like to think he just went to playing like semi-pro hockey. For, for yeah, a he probably went no, playing hockey. He said he was playing hockey in the pros and yeah. then had to stop because he got hurt. Yeah, but maybe he, maybe just like Edge, he recuperated from his injury and he made a return as an old man. Do he goes on to coach the Mighty Ducks? <laughs> well, there's, there's only two years. Between this movie and the third movie. Bro, he's out there fighting the foot clay and whooping people's asses. I think he can play hockey. That's what happens. They fucking like, yo, dude, we think you killed these guys. And it's like, all right, you know what I'll do? I will volunteer coach a youth hockey team. And they're like, all right, that's good enough for us. Will it work for Gordon Bombay? That should be a movie. Casey Jones. Hockey coach. (laughs) Just call it hockey coach. So this is when the cops show up and they have that little talk with the gang and find out about the warehouse. Charles shows up and is like, listen, you got your job back, girl. I need you to cover the story right now. Top You're paid. Top paid top reporter. Pay, top paid. With a corner office with windows. Top paid. Yeah. Living the life. But you need to go on the air right now. Danny does the right thing. Gives her her $20 back. 20 bucks. $40.25, baby. And then him him and his dad have a hug moment, and they love each other again. It's beautiful. It's Dan now. It's Dan now. Oh, Dan. that's right. I'm sorry. But Don't I, call me Danny. If you do, I'll slit your throat. It's Dan. It's back to crime. It's back to a life of crime if you call me Danny. <laughs> and then the real thick sexual tension that's been going on between Casey Jones and April O'Neil the whole movie. They end up kissing. The turtles are loving it. They give it a 9.95. <laughs> yeah, 9.95. And then they all say cowabunga and high five or high three. Yep. Splinter says cowabunga. Yeah, they're saying like radical, bodacious, tubular. Yeah, so I love the end, this very end, because it's like they bookend it. Because the very beginning, when we first meet them in the sewers, they're saying, excellent, radical, and all that stuff. And then at the end, they do the same thing. And then Splinter's like, I've always liked cowabunga. And then they wait the whole, they wait the whole fucking movie to finally pull out cowabunga. And Splinter says it. And then all four of them do the fucking high five. Cowabunga! Yeah, it was great. And then we cut into Turtle Power by Partners in Crime. Yes. This is a hell of a movie. The end is so good. Uh, anybody got anything else to say about this movie before we get into the rating scale? I want to see, I'd like to see more backstory of fucking Hiroko Saki and Hamato Yoshi. Yeah, I That's would too. That part's always, not in the movie, I guess, but. It's always intriguing. I don't know. I've never really read too many of the comics either. I don't know if they go me further either. into it in those at all. Yeah, it makes me really want to actually dive into that. So I had, when I was a kid, and I still have it laying around somewhere, like volume two of a series of the Turtle comics. And it's one where they're like in outer space fighting gigantic Triceratops on a gigantic Triceratops planet. Like, it's weird as hell. And I was like, I need more of that. And I guess in the beginning, they were a lot more adult-oriented 
until they switched over to a more like like the cartoon series style. Well, yeah, like in the cartoon, they had like a lot of interdimension stuff. Yep. That's where you got the one, the bat, the humanoid triceratops mm-hmm. dude, and Krang. But the to- and, but uh, like the tone of it is way darker. It's bloodier. It's much more violent as well than like the the sheen gloss of the Saturday morning children's cartoon. Because there was a movie, animated movie, a couple of years ago where it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Batman. I guess Shredder ends up somehow starting crime in Gotham City and the Turtles follow him there. And then the Turtles and hmm. Batman team up. That sounds interesting. That's pretty crazy. All right. So we are at that point of the program. We are going to rate this movie on a rating scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quays, where 1 is the absolute worst, 50 is the absolute best, and 2 to 49, absolutely anything in between. IMDb. Rates Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 34 out of 50 Randy Quaid's JT Money, do you want to start it off? 50 out of 50 Randy Quaid's It's a perfect Very surprising Perfect fucking movie in pretty much every way I can, it's one of those things And I know you've, it's a thing that Chuck You've talked about in the past You can just watch an episode of Seinfeld in your head, right? You've seen it so many times You can just sit down and run through all the beats in your head Because you know it and that's how this movie is for me. It's one of the very few movies that I don't need to watch it to just sit down and remember everything that happens in it. I watched it so many times as a kid, and it holds up somehow perfectly as an adult, too. Because it rides that line between being a movie made for kids and adults. It doesn't really pander to either one. It rides right down the middle in a perfect way. I don't know. I think I pretty much covered everything in the lead-up to this rating. And I picked it. So I think, yeah, as far as this season is concerned it should be pretty obvious i'm gonna give this a 50 and so i assume you own it like you already said you did and you will watch it again. sure sure mm-hmm. and you definitely uh expect other people to watch it and if they haven't you're gonna slap them in the mouth no i don't care if someone hasn't watched if you don't want to watch it that's up to you i just recommend that you do but it's your business if you do or you don't Alrighty then johnny spade i think i know what you're gonna give it yo what up what up what up i'm gonna give it a five zero a 50. Let's do it. Really? Oh, I thought it was going to be a 49. Baby. Cowabunga. <laughs> I thought you were going to give it a perfect 49. So did I. So did I. <laughs> I'll give it the 50. It's the Turtles, man. I grew up on this shit, and I would recommend it to people. I would also recommend the second one and the new ones. I like the new ones, too. They're fucking different. I haven't watched any of the new ones. I like the new ones. Are those ones on HBO Max? Were you guys saying? I think the, ma- I the when I when I... Search Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It said something like 40 different things popped up. Fuck's sake. There's a lot of shit. So. That Turtles and Batman might be on there. That sounds, it might that be, sounds interesting. It's pretty good. If it's on there, I might have to watch that. I didn't mean to cut you off on your, your review there, Johnny. My review? Not reviewing it. Well, you know what I'm saying. Oh, this is a, re- yeah, for this sure. is a review podcast. That's exactly what we're doing. For sure, for sure. Critical review. Acclaimed. Yeah, it's the fucking turtles. You gotta love them. And uh, would you say that if someone hasn't seen this movie, you gotta smack them in the mouth? You want a fist in the mouth? (laughs) (laughs) Go watch the movie if you haven't seen it. It's awesome. Well, Johnny Spade gonna give you a fist in the mouth. You ain't gonna get the gabagool. You gonna get a fist in the mouth. You gonna get the oops? All right, uh, I am also going to give this movie a 50 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. This is a 50 club. Uh, it's, it's 
It's definitely entering the 50 Club. And it is, uh, like everybody else said, it's a fantastic fucking movie. It resonates hard with my childhood. I watched the fuck out of this movie. I had all the fucking toys. I rocked the shit out of the show. I played the video games. I was just about to bring up, we've overlooked those video games. And I like the first one, but the second one, the arcade style one, is... All time classic for me, at least. They're making. They just announced like a month ago that they're making another one like that, Ooh. like a throwback game. Oh yeah, the first one was hard. Yeah, uh, Not that the second one wasn't hard, but the first one was a hard game. For, oh yeah, the first one. Forget you about. You ever it. played the Batman for Nintendo? Probably. I remember the Batman. A lot of those Forever Nintendo game. games were super oh, oh, fucking ama- hard. Amazing soundtrack, but it was the hardest fucking game. And maybe it was just super hard because we were kids, but no. I don't know. They were super no, hard. No, they were just hard. I'm not that great at video games anyway. Yeah, so. they're still hard. <laughs> Actually, I think some kids are probably better at video games than adults. Oh, yeah. I was probably better at video games back then. Oh, yeah. I'd have a hard time now. Possible. It's been so long since I've played a video game. I feel like I'd be an old ass crickety old adult like i don't know how to do this well hold on hold on before you start wrapping it up i have a question is this the first time there's been a perfect review 50 across the board on any movie i think so okay just that's what i thought it would seem rare that that would we've happen. had it we've had it before where there's been two of the three because oh, no, I, I know well because what about Back to the Future? I didn't give that a 50. I gave that a 48. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I gave it a 50. Physical well, What copies. about Hook? What, no, I think three of us gave it a 50, and and Johnny Spade gave it a 49. That's the one. So I think physical copies of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles will now come with the 50 Randic Quaid seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> you have now entered the 50 Club. Just like a Rotten Tomatoes sticker, you put the 50 Rainy Quaid sticker right next to it. Oh, they have Rotten Tomatoes stickers? Oh, yeah, you buy Ours some movies, over they'll the have Rotten like, Tomatoes sticker. it's like, you know, certified fresh by Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, I don't give a fuck about it, but I've seen it on movies that I bought that I immediately peel it right off the case. That I immediately peel <laughs> it right off. Well, you know, you can catch all of our new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, our website. 50randyquades.com Next time on 50 Randy Quades Episode 127 G-Force That sounded awful. The G stands for gravity. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen this movie. I don't know either. Maybe it stands for Gopher. It's it's Nicolas Cage movie, so if you're asking Chuck, it might also stand for Great. <laughs> it does. It stands for Great. Great Force. And this is a Nicolas Cage movie, as we already said, but it's also an animated movie. It's going to be so fun watching this. I can't wait. Oh my, I'm super excited. Oh, my God. I can't even wait either. Have you seen it before, Chuck? Uh, I might have. I'm not too sure. I've never seen it. I'm really not that excited either. Here's how I handled all Cage movies. should be pretty good. It's the thing that I learned to do with Cage movies a long time ago. I go in with zero expectations. And I don't get excited or not excited about watching it. You should try to go in with zero expectations with any movie. I usually do but that's not always easy i went in with expectations for kong versus my expectations are usually realistic 
and I don't get mad when my expectations are not met because I didn't create it and I don't get to make decisions or get mad about decisions I don't like. I can just shut the fuck up about it and not watch it again. Yeah, I mean, like, I wasn't super impressed with both Hitman movies, but I do own both of them. I mean, I don't know if I would buy something I didn't like, but... I still watch them, but I'm like, oh, they could have been better. Dude, I don't know what's so hard about making a good Hitman movie. Apparently, they're hard to do. They failed twice, but it wasn't terrible. All it is is like kind of like a spy thriller, but I'm assuming they probably just try to throw in a bunch of video game tropes into it. Yeah, I, I just take the... Get just, me on the set, and I'll make you a fucking good Hitman movie. Somebody hire Johnny Spade right now. I'm not going to write it, but I'll go through your script and I'll fucking change it and be like, no, you don't need all this Let's video game Let's write this shit. script. Like, Let's write this script. I'll just go through and find the entire fucking script for the video game. So hold on. The next episode is Hitman, right? Yes. Yes. G-Force. Oh. All right. So until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace, Peace out. out.